Hey, how are you doing? My name is Dean Dwyer, and you're listening to Unrecognizable. It's a show where I teach you the greatest skill that we've actually never been taught, which is the ability to change our own behaviors. I believe that's the secret to happiness. If I have the ability to change my own behaviors, there is absolutely nothing that I cannot accomplish. If, if, if I know I can systematically remove the things that hold me back, from the things that I desire in life. And what I wanted to talk to you about today was um, the tagline that I currently have on my site for Unrecognizable. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna share share the tagline with you. I'm gonna share with you a little bit of history about me and taglines for this site, because it's kind of funny (laughs) And, and crazy at the same time. But then I also want to walk you through how I think about this and to help you understand how you should be thinking about this and how this applies to your life and accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. So let me start by first, I got to flip down the reading glasses here. Let me tell you the tagline that I presently have on the site for Unrecognizable. By the name, by the way, when I, the reason that I've chosen the brand name um, you know, rather than like deemed wire is for me, unrecognizable is the idea that we create change in our life. That's so profound that we no longer recognize the person we once were. That's, you know, and and it started for me, obviously with building my version of a successful body. I transformed myself to the point when I look back at my before pictures, I'm like, wow, like I, I don't know how that guy Managed to feel good about you know getting through each day the way that sorry I I'm not that far removed I'm only a few years removed from it and I know how frustrating it was for me not to be able to accomplish that but I don't recognize that guy anymore like I can't imagine looking in the mirror and seeing that guy so that's that's the origin of the brand name unrecognizable here's the new tagline that I presently have learn how to design good habits that work on your bad days so. And I'm going to tell you sort of a little bit, a little bit about the origin of of this tagline and my history with taglines. So, first and foremost, there are I have no shortage of ideas that I could design products and services around. What's interesting is is that for some of them, or sorry, let me let me backtrack for a second. Um, but one of my issues or one of my my heuristics that I that I use is that if I can't figure out and land on a name and a tagline or a subtitle that I absolutely love that isn't going to change <clears throat> excuse me a week from now you know that it's going to be the same a year from now then I'm not ready yet to design a product or a service around it because I'm not clear exactly what it is that I do or what it is that I offer. Um, I have violated that rule with Unrecognizable by launching uh, a site and a brand around that because, and I'm not really exaggerating when I say this, but my tagline for this site has probably changed at least 40 times. (laughs) There are days where I will start working on it, just trying to tweak it and trying to, to get something that really resonates that I like. Um, and I may change it five, six, seven times, you know, in, in a day. So actually, you know what? I'm going to say it's probably closer to a hundred times that the tagline has changed. And I'm hoping, but I don't know. Again, only time will tell. 
I'm hoping that I have landed on the subtitle that is actually uh, captures the essence of what it is that I do. So time will tell, but I just wanted to talk to you about how I've kind of landed on this point. So I mentioned before, and if you follow my newsletter, then you will see sometimes at the bottom, like I do, I also offer coaching for people who are looking to build their version of a successful body. But I don't look at myself and I don't advertise or I don't market myself as a weight loss coach or a nutrition coach or a personal trainer. I am none of those things. What I ultimately am is I'm a habit coach, is that I'm working with people to help them create good habits that work on their bad days. That's what I'm doing. That's And, and that's what my success is predicated on, is that you know early on in this process, I thought the way that we are taught, or sorry, let me backtrack again, um, you know, one of the things I've noticed about products that are designed and, and marketed to us and that we ultimately purchase, products are designed to work on our worst days. They are not designed to work on our worst days. I've come to the realization that we have far more bad days than we think that we have, right? And, and again, there's, there are, there's a hierarchy to a bad day. Right, A bad day could be something as simple as just having a bad sleep and you're off all day. So everything is a struggle. Um, but, you know, but then you can kind of creep up the, the, the ladder and a bad day could be the fact that um, you slept in. And so now everything is thrown off and you're rushing around the whole day or somebody has hijacked your time or you've gotten into an argument, so now you're, you're angry or upset or emotional, and, and that ruins your day. And then right at the very top of the hierarchy are dealing with things like loss and grief. And one of the things that I started thinking about early on in my process with designing my successful bodies, I thought, I can't. What I've always done in the past is I create a program that works for my ideal day. But it falls apart because my ideal day doesn't happen very often. So I thought I need to take, I need to flip this around. I need to design something that will work on my worst day. So I need to really look at what are the minimums that I need to hit that I could do uh, on my worst day so that I would, I can, I can check it off and I can feel good about what I've done. And that's essentially the way that I've designed my successful body program and the way I'm looking at, at incorporating all the new habits that I'm adopting. Right is like what's what's the worst day and how can I make those work? And I will tell you that when I think about successful body, my successful body protocol, I have been spending a lot of time lately thinking about how this is going to work for the absolute worst case scenario, which is loss and grief. I I I believe this is theory only right now, but I but based on some of the reading and stuff that I've encountered in the past, that I believe that um, having simple things that you can do every day is crucial to helping people navigate loss and grief. And so I think a lot about that. Like I think about like, will this thing hold up under my worst case scenario? Time will tell. Right? I have been very fortunate in my life that I, I have not had to deal with a lot of loss and grief yet, but I will. 
and I don't want to I don't want to be blindsided by it. I I also know that you you there's one thing to prepare for something, there's another thing to to experience it. So I I am well aware that they are, you know, preparing and experiencing are not the same. But I want to start sort of thinking about how to navigate those situations so that um they can help me. I said I believe that the habits that I adopt will help me get through some of the worst times in my life. And again, this is based on what I've seen from other people who knowingly or unknowingly shared how they got through, you know, they got through grief. I, I, I've shared this story before, but one of the one of the most powerful stories I ever read was Dale Carnegie's How to Stop Worrying and Stop Living. And it was a, a gentleman who um, was dealing with the loss of his five-year-old son. And the fact that he he was, you know, sort of grieving for about 10 months and sort of in a fog and, and but also realized that he had another son that he had to be a father to. And what he did is he went around the house and he made a list of everything that had to be fixed in the house. And his list had 237 things on it. And he just started systematically working through that list. And it was through that process that he was able to also process his grief and to begin to deal with it and begin to sort of sort of move forward with his life. And so I think the same way with these things. Like it's just these a simple list of things that I can do um, that will help me navigate my worst days. So um, I said like it's, it's, it's – so what it is that I'm ultimately doing and what this site is about is again is to get people to begin thinking about how to navigate your bad days right if we can if we can do things that work on our bad days then what we end up designing for ourselves that is something that works for all days as opposed to the opposite of like you know this will work on a great day but if your day's not going the way you want you're screwed right that's that you know and that just derails everybody when when that's the way that we go about doing things and as i said every solution out there is designed to work on your worst day nothing is designed to work on your worst day so that's that's how i think about everything that i'm doing when i adopt a habit it's like and, and again a bad day is you know if i'm traveling for now i, I say bad day but it, it you know that also you know can mean an unusual day right um I'll give you an example. My brother uh, works for Lego, by the way, uh, which is just an awesome job that he has. Uh, he constructs, helps them construct uh, Legoland, very much like a Disneyland, but a Lego version of it. And he's over in Korea right now, and then he'll be at China at another point in time. And, you know, I think about him, right? Like if if I'm him, I need to design a successful body protocol that works when my feet are in a different country, in a different time zone, um, you know, so that I'm always sort of thinking about that stuff. Like I have to stress test it I, I, according to those things. I need to be able to to do whatever it is I'm doing wherever my feet are at. And so I'm constantly looking at eliminating things that simply don't travel, that don't allow me um, whatever resistance, you know, could be involved, right? So I design a program that is equipment agnostic, right? All I all I really need is a floor, but if you give me a floor and a wall, 
there's no shortage of things that I can do, right? So you can throw me into any room and I can, I can do something that will allow me to achieve all my goals. But if you give me equipment, well, that's an absolute bonus, but it's not necessary. It's the same thing with my eating. I don't, you know, I don't design my eating so that I got to, you know, I, I, I need a gazillion supplements or, um, you know, like I design my eating so that it will work if I'm at a restaurant eating out with people, if I'm invited to somebody's home, if you throw me out and the only option I have is fast food, which I don't eat. But if that's my only option, I've got a, I've got a meal template that will allow me to eat successfully, even in the worst conditions. So everything I do is always through the filter of how do I design good habits that work on my bad days. So what is your takeaway from the show? Well, again, I want to go back to this notion of what we're really looking for when you're looking to design and adopt habits is, again, the idea of like, what's the minimum? Aristotle calls this the golden mean, right? Which is sort of, uh, or, or you know, um, I've started referring to it as the Goldilocks principle, right? Of like, what's just right, right? You don't want to do too much because it burns you out and it's not sustainable and it doesn't work on a bad day. But you also don't want to do too little because you don't, you, you get no return on your investment. So that's just a complete waste of your time, right? You want to find the thing that's just right so that, you know what, I'm getting something done, um, you know, and it, it, it allows me to still navigate whatever life has thrown at me that day. That's the way you need to be thinking about your habits. So I'll give you an example. Um, let's see. I'm just looking at – I have on a whiteboard that I can see here across the room my 10 essential habits that I'm looking to do every single day. Let me just pick what's um, – they're all really simple things. But let's do um, – I'll do a couple. So the first one I have on there is create seven-plus hours of sleep opportunity. Now, the wording in that is very specific. I used to have it as get eight hours of sleep. But what I've come to recognize is I have no control whether or not I sleep or not. I'd like to. I go to bed every night thinking, I want to get a good night's sleep. My body will decide what's going to happen. All I can do is set up the conditions to um, ensure that the best possible outcome happens, but I have no control over the outcome. What I do have control over is how long I'm actually in my bed. So rather than eight hours of sleep is like, as long as I'm like, my goal is give myself at least seven hours in my bed, and then hopefully something magical will happen during that time. So again, I set it up so that even under the worst conditions, I can still achieve that goal. You know, as long as again, I I, more often than not, I've been able to achieve it. There's the odd time when something happens, but seven hours is achievable. That's not under the ordinary. But if I can get more, I'll get more. But I set it at the minimum. Uh, another thing on my list is to do 911 training. So for me, when I think about training, is that um, I used to be, I would do 10 minutes every day. But the reality can be that I may not even have time to do 10 minutes. Stuff's going to happen. Um, uh, not that long ago, I was home in Sudbury. I was getting ready to eat. It was about 6 o'clock. My sister called. She's got a bulging disc in her back in tremendous pain. And I'm like, hey, listen, I'll come and get you and we'll go to the hospital. And so by the time I got back from the hospital, it was 1030. So I didn't get an opportunity to eat when I was going to eat. So and I didn't get to bed when I was going to get to bed. But but I set these things up 
so that it will work under the worst of conditions, right? Um, but for 911 training, in that particular case, it's like, what's, I, I want to do something every day. I, I, I don't like the idea of zero days. I think it's important that even on bad days, you know, what's the minimum I need to do? So for me, the minimum is 15 pull-ups, 25 push-ups, right? Now, 15 pull-ups would take me about 45 seconds to do. Right, I can do five in fifteen seconds. So I can I can I can do three sets of five pretty quickly and I can do twenty-five push-ups in a minute. And so that's the worst. If I if, if that's all I can do that day, perfect. But on an ideal day, there are more things that I will knock off that list. So that's the way I think about everything that I am doing. Is again, like will this work regardless of where my feet are at? And regardless of what it is that life is throwing at me. And again, with the idea of like, let's think of the worst case scenarios and then kind of work backwards. Can I make this work under those conditions? Now, I will, I will go back to something I said at the beginning of the show. This is a wonderful theory. Um, my real work will be when I am thrown into that worst situation possible and I will have to figure out how to navigate this. But I will use this as a template, that this is something that I believe is going to be crucial to being able to successfully navigate those things. Um, and it's not in, in, in replace of grief. It's like, how do I navigate grief using these, these tools to help get me through it? All right, my friend, that is it. Have an awesome rest of today. We'll talk to you again soon.